Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. In the previous program, I was explaining that to many people, the goal of the Christian life is to stop sinning. That that's what it means to be a Christian. That your objective is to try to find some way to get all of the sin out of your life, or at least as much as possible. And that the more you do this, the closer you will be to God, the better of a Christian you will be. These are the kinds of things that people believe concerning the Christian life. I certainly do not believe this. It's my belief that the goal of the Christian life is not to stop sinning, but it is to start trusting. That our life is not to be based on trying to get our flesh under control, but instead our life is to be based on discovering what our God has already done for us, discovering what he has already given to us, and we are to live our lives on the basis of what he has done, and on the basis of what he has given, that that is what the Christian life is truly about. If you assume that the Christian life is about getting all of the sin out of your life, then of course you are never going to achieve that, and so you will condemn yourself to a life of absolute depression, despair, or deception. You'll have to deceive yourself, because you're certainly not going to deceive those people around you, You're going to have to deceive yourself into believing that you have achieved great success. But even if you achieve some success, if you succeed in getting sin out of your life, how will that enable you to know your God in a greater way? Now, I certainly can't appreciate the value of turning away from sin. I can appreciate that. What my concern is, though is that if a person assumes that this is the goal of the Christian life, then I believe it is easy for a person to miss what I believe the real goal is, not only miss the goal, but miss the pursuit of such a goal. That a person will completely miss out, potentially, miss out on an opportunity to not only know what their God has done for them, but to know what their God has given to them, and to live on that basis. Instead, what people will tend to do is they will live their lives trying to live a life with the absence of something rather than living their life with the presence of something. And those are two completely different ways of life, two completely different things. And so I really wanted to mention that at the beginning of this program because I did not really mention the idea of trusting God in the previous program. But trusting God is vital. It is critical. Now, when it comes to the subject of discovering what he has done and discovering what he has given, you must consider the will of God. Now, I don't mean the will of God in the sense of his desire for you or what he would like you to do with your life. I don't mean the will of God in that sense. I mean the will of God in the sense of the inheritance. It is a description of an inheritance that you have received as a result of his death. 
A will is a testament, and it is the description of an inheritance that a person would like to be delivered to somebody else out of what they have in the event of their death. And so also, when the Lord Jesus died for the sins of humanity, a death had occurred and a will went into effect at that point. And that will, or that testament, is the description of what you have received. And it's my belief, it's my opinion, that the objective of the Christian, the goal of the Christian life, has to do with discovering what you have received as an inheritance. In Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. That the will of God has to do with what you have received, and what you have received is good, it is acceptable and perfect. Now, to prove it is not only to discover it, but to also live on the basis of what you have, and to realize the value of what your God has given to you. Let me give you an example. One of the things that we have received is forgiveness. We have received forgiveness from our God. And if we will live with the forgiveness that we have received, then we will certainly prove the value of the forgiveness that he has given. If we don't live on the basis of the forgiveness that we have, then of what value is it really to have forgiveness? I mean, What is the value of having forgiveness if you don't live with that forgiveness, if you don't experience your life with the forgiveness that you have been given? First of all, you can recognize that if you have been forgiven, then your God does not hold your sins against you. He can love you. He can accept you perfectly. He can embrace you and he can receive you and he can be within you and he can guide you and lead you without any concern with regards to the sins that you have had in your past or in your present, or even those that you will commit in the future. That your relationship with him is no longer on the basis of the sin in your life, but instead it is on the basis of the forgiveness that he has given to you because of what he did on your behalf. Now this can set an individual free between them and their God, but there is a further realization of forgiveness that can be experienced, and that has to do with when you share the forgiveness that you have received with somebody else, when you forgive others with the forgiveness that you have been given. This is very real. It's very important to recognize this, that this is something that we have according to the will of God. We have his love. And having his love does not mean that we just rest in his love, as important as that is. It also means that we share with others the love that we have received from our God. The same thing with acceptance. The same thing with wisdom and knowledge and understanding. The same thing with respect and honor and security that he gives to us in the relationship that we have with him. That this gives us something that we can share with others that we have received from our God. And when we live with what we have, we demonstrate the value of what he has given. We experience the value of what he has given. And we live our lives discovering even more the significance of our God in our lives, the way that he relates to us and the way that he lives his life within and through us. That this is a reality that a person experiences while they are living their lives on the basis of the gospel, on the basis of the good news of the Lord Jesus. 
So I want you to understand that this is the will of God and the proving of it, and that this has to do with a discovery. This has to do with an acknowledgement, with an understanding. This has to do with your mind. It has to do with your intellect. It has to do with what you know versus what you don't know. That's why he says at the beginning of verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you are going to experience transformation, it is only going to occur when your mind is renewed, when your mind is changed. You see, when we were born into this world, we were born into this world in a condition such that we did not know our God. And later in life, when we are exposed to him in whatever means he allows, in whatever way is possible, when we have exposure to him, we will recognize that what we believed before, what we knew before, was not right. It was invalid. And that there needs to be a change a change in our understanding. We do not enter into this world knowing our God. And this assumption that people make about always knowing God or knowing of God is a false assumption. Everyone will have to come to the point of recognizing that they do not know their God and that they need a complete change of mind. They need a renewing of their mind. Otherwise, there will be no transformation. I'm sure you know some people. Some people who take this obscure position that they've just always known about God. They've always known God. It's just God has always been a part of their life and they've always had a relationship with him in some way, in one way or another. When you encounter somebody like that, you are encountering someone who has not come to the point of recognizing that they do not know the Lord. And until they come to the point of recognizing that they do not really know the Lord, there is no opportunity for a personal transformation through the renewing of their mind. There is no way that an individual can be born into this world knowing the Lord. It's not possible. You cannot know the Lord. You cannot know the things of God without the Spirit of God dwelling within you to guide you, to lead you, to reveal the truth to you. And no one is born into this world with the presence of God within them. Everyone is born into this world spiritually dead. And until an individual comes to the point in their life where they discover their absolute condition of being spiritually dead, until they experience that moment in their lives, there is no way that they're going to be able to receive the free gift of the life of God that will resurrect them from the dead. And so if a person makes the assumption that they have always had this recognition of God, then you are dealing with an individual who does not know the Lord and has not experienced the transformation that our God wants to do within them. He wants to perform a transformation within every individual that is here on earth. Every individual. He wants to do a transformation with everyone. Unfortunately, very few are interested in that. But for those who are, he is there 
waiting for them. And how is this transformation going to occur? I mean, if somebody is going to be transformed from being lost to being saved, from being immature to being mature, how is that transformation going to take place? This is a very important question because without asking this question and answering this question, what would your expectations be concerning growth and maturity? What would your expectations be concerning a transformation of an individual into someone who is totally different from who they once were? What are your expectations concerning that? Well, they should be rather low. You should have some rather low expectations. If you're a part of religion, if you're a part of bondage, if you are a part of any system of law, if you are a part of any lifestyle associated with the knowledge of good and evil, whereas we just inform people about what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing, get them to repent and obey. In other words, get their flesh under control and maybe they'll learn to like it. Maybe their heart will follow. Maybe they will be transformed from the outside in. And folks, it just doesn't work that way. It doesn't happen that way. If there is going to be any transformation of any kind within an individual, it has to happen from the inside. From the inside, inside of a person's spirit. Inside of the very core of who they are as an individual. There must be first resurrection. And then there must be direction by the Holy Spirit. And there must be a renewing a renewing of an individual according to what they know or, of course, what they don't know so that they may know what they need to know. There is a process of discovery of the knowledge of God, of the truth of God. And when we discover his truth and when we live according to the truth that he has revealed, then we will experience transformation and freedom and liberty and we will have a relationship with a person who has created all things, and who holds all things together by the very power of his word. When it comes to growth and maturity, this is a very serious matter. When it comes to transformations, this is a very serious matter. You know, I find that there are so many people who are preoccupied with just simply trying to change things on the outside, hoping that the inside will somehow follow. You get people involved in all kinds of activities. You get them involved in all kinds of services. You get them involved in the praise and worship experiences. You get them involved in the conferences. And you get them to read the books and listen to radio programs and all kinds of stuff. You get them to go to church every time the doors are open and they're among the last to leave. And people really believe that the transformation of an individual will occur because of all of this activity. But it's never going to happen. Ever. Because transformation only occurs through the renewing of a person's mind, not through the renewing of the activities of a person's flesh, or by getting their flesh preoccupied with lots of things to keep them busy so that their mind is distracted from the things of the world. That is not what our God has called us to. He has called us to Him to himself, and we are to be attentive to him, we are to listen to him, we are to learn from him, and we are to know the things that he has for us to know.
Now, this is a very, very serious matter. Please pay attention to this. And that is that what you know and what you believe is truly important. What you believe is very, very important. Do not underestimate the importance of what you believe, the significance of what you believe. Because if there is something that you believe that isn't really true, but even though you think it is, it's not, if it's not, then it's not. Whether you believe it is or it isn't, that's not going to matter. What you believe is very critical because if your mind is going to be renewed, it has to be renewed on the basis of the truth. But if you are still believing things that are not true, or if you are discovering things in the religious world that are not true, assuming that they are, if they are not, then you will not experience a transformation. You will not be transformed through the renewing of your mind. It won't happen. That's why I take the subject of belief so seriously. That's why I take these subjects so seriously. You know, there are a lot of people right now who are listening to this radio broadcast. A lot of people. And many of you have this attitude that you agree with some of the things that I have to say, but not not all of the things that I have to say. You know, on occasion I say something that's of some value, and so it's 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 okay to listen to me because you'll eventually find something useful in your Christian life. But there are a lot of things that I say that you just totally disagree with, that you totally reject, that you you think of me as an abomination because of the things that I sincerely believe, the things that I teach, and that I do so with conviction and passionately. But you need to understand something. You really do. You need to understand this. And that is that this is a very serious matter. And I have examined everything that I have to say. I have examined it over a long period of time. I might be new to you, but these subjects are definitely not new to me. And I really believe that if you disagree with me about something, anything for that matter then you are going to be prevented. There is going to be an obstacle in your life that you will not be able to overcome. You will not experience the transformation that your God has called you to, that He wants to do in your life. You will never, ever experience it because you don't believe the truth, not of what I'm saying, but the truth of what I believe our God has said, and I'm just simply sharing that with you, that's all. This is not about you believing what I dictate. This is about you believing the truth that I believe. I really believe that I am communicating the truth of God. Make no mistake about it. And I really believe that if you will not believe the truth that our God has revealed, there will be consequences. There will be serious consequences. And I believe that not experiencing the transformation that he wants to do in your heart is a consequence above all consequences. It is truly beyond all that you could possibly experience in this world or in the life hereafter. I really do believe that we should take it that seriously. Again, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
And if your mind is not renewed, you will not be transformed. If your mind is renewed on things that are not true, you will not be transformed. You may think you will be. You may think you are. But the fact of the matter is, is that he, the living God, is the definer of all truth, of all reality. And he is the one who has decided what will transform an individual and what will not transform an individual. I can speak to you on the basis of my own testimony, that I know what it's like to be lost. I know what it's like not to know the Lord. And I know what it means to be saved. And I know what it means to know the Lord. And I know this transformation that he's speaking of. I know it personally and intimately. And I know it to such an extent that I would willingly give everything to include my own life for the opportunity, just for the opportunity to know the Lord as I do know him now. Just for the opportunity, just for the privilege of being able to walk through the door that he has opened for everyone, anyone who wants to walk through this door of the reality of life, of truth, and of transformation can do so if they will only turn to him for who he is. In verse 3, For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Now, I don't believe that he's referring to you having a measure of faith or that he has given you like 5% faith or 10% faith or he's given you a certain amount that you're going to be able to live with. I don't believe that that's what he's referring to. I sincerely believe that he has revealed the truth to us and that our faith is nothing more than our response to the truth that he has revealed and that there is a measurement concerning the truth that he has revealed, but that our faith can be great with a little truth. Our faith is not measured by the magnitude of the truth he reveals. Our faith is nothing more than the response to the truth that he reveals. And if we will respond wholeheartedly to a little bit of truth, then that is a great amount of faith with a little bit of revelation. On the other hand, if he reveals a lot and people don't respond to it, you don't respond to the truth that he has revealed, you certainly have a little amount of faith in comparison to the great amount of revelation. But his allotment... His allotment is what he reveals to us. That is the measure, the measure, the item that is measured such that we can have faith in what he presents. But in verse 3, he says, do not think more highly than you ought. And when I say that if you do not believe what I'm telling you, there will be catastrophic consequences when it comes to you and your relationship with your God, I'm not saying that from the point of view of I have decreed this. I'm saying this from the point of view of I am nothing. I am absolutely nothing. I am nothing more than a messenger. I am doing nothing more than delivering what my God has given to me to deliver. There is no need for me to think highly of myself. But I will say with conviction that the truth that he has revealed to me, that he has shared with me, which is his truth, not mine, is that serious. That the consequences of not believing the truth will be measured, will be measured 
by the degree in which he is able to do a work within you, whether or not you will experience any transformation at all. It will be based on the renewing of your mind on those things that are real. So I'm speaking in generalities in this program only to say that a lot of the work that I have done deals with these kinds of details already. I have addressed a number of subjects that are very detailed in nature when it comes to various doctrines with relationship to your identity in Christ, the will of God, forgiveness, spiritual warfare, all kinds of things. I have addressed a number of subjects. In this program, I am simply referring to the passage here in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, where he says that if you are going to experience a transformation, it is only going to be on the basis of the truth. And if you do not recognize the truth that he has revealed, if you fail to recognize that, then you will not experience any transformation in your life or in your heart. Now, having said all of that, please consider something. And that is that if you personally feel that you have not experienced the kind of transformation that your God really wants to do in you, and you know, you know if you have experienced this or not. If for some reason you believe or you recognize that you are not who God wants you to be right now, if that really is how you see yourself and how you believe God sees you, then it's probably because there are some things that you believe that are not true. And I certainly don't know what those things are because I don't know who you are. I don't know who is listening to this program. And so I can only speak about this in generalities. But please take this seriously and examine the things that you believe and why you believe them. Consider your understanding of the gospel. Consider your understanding of forgiveness, the will of God, and your inheritance in Christ. Start there. And I really believe that the Lord will begin to reveal to you those things that are in error. And he will begin to do a work with you as you would expect if you trust him concerning the truth that he has revealed. And I will continue with this in the next broadcast. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net